Right, folks, welcome in. St. Louis Soccer Weekly on the Big 550 KTRS. Brendan Weesey, St. Louis Soccer Hall of Famer Mark Moser with you um, over this next hour. And, Mose, it's officially, at least here in St. Louis, city soccer season again because training camp is underway. We've got an intra-squad game this weekend, exhibition games next week. It It is... Um, it's the shortest. It's the new shortest off season in all of sports. We we're a part of it now in the MLS because it was just yesterday. It felt like they were uh, unfortunately bowing out of the uh, MLS Cup playoffs. Well, and, and they were hoping for an even shorter off season. Yeah, they I mean, were with yep. going out the way they did. It extended their off season a little bit more. But yeah, there's really not much time from the end of the season to this thing gets fired back up again, and it's really turned into almost an 11, 10 and a half to 11 month season with all of these teams. And it's, uh, you know, I'm sure they these guys going out the way they did, they are revitalized and ready to, for year two. And I think everybody here in St. Louis is excited about the prospects. Well, head, uh, head coach Bradley Carnell visiting with the media today, looking forward to hearing what he has to say coming up in the next segment, Mose, and maybe get some clarity on – Nico Joachini, because as this team gets revved up and and ready to start the year, this is just a it's a different kind of situation where you've got one of your best players scored ten goals last year, and he is apparently again we'll see what kind of clarity we get next segment, but um, apparently on his way to his uh, to his native Italy, but it to me it's striking because it once again gives you an idea but where MLS falls in the soccer ecosystem. And it's still not very high up when Nico will go to not the first league, but the second league, Serie B, of uh, the Italian Soccer League uh, for, for with this Como team. Uh, but it's, it's a tough blow to take for your teammates in a way. Nothing comes back in return. It's good for the club. It's good for that you help develop a player that is worthy of going over there. I think that's a big deal. But in the immediacy, it's kind of a tough pill to swallow because you don't have anybody right away to step in and replace Nico Joachini and the player that he was last year. Yeah, well, it's so unfamiliar to Americans with baseball, football. Uh, this doesn't happen Yep. Uh, in yeah. the world. This and And ultimately... At this point, the MLS is, is, is still a selling league. It's about developing players and selling them off, getting bringing that money in, whether it's replacing with a player, putting more money into your academy. And that's what, you know, when you look at these academies and the ability for them to develop someone from a young age and then maybe at 17, 18, 19 years old, the phone rings and – it's Chelsea or it's Como or it's Ajax. Hey, we'll 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 cut you a check for a couple million dollars or a million dollars or whatever it is for that player. And and that's kind of the way it is. At some point, hopefully the league continues to grow and then it gets to the point where now you're maybe a buying and selling. Yeah. yeah. Um but it's just it's an interesting thing and especially the way it happened right now with the team heading to preseason then all of a sudden you're going in there with you're looking at Big Sam, you're looking at Klaus and you're looking at Nico Chikin, thinking, All right, up top, we're good. We got three good players. Well now we have two. <laughs> so uh it'll be curious to learn more from Bradley on where things stand. 
I'm sure there's a lot of uh, I's to dot and T's yeah. to cross, but um, it, it sounds more and more like uh, we will be without Nico Giacchini this season. We'll talk to Tom Timmerman about that situation as well. Get Tom T's take on this, uh, again, first day of media availability, first uh, day of obviously many, but uh, first few steps of this 2024 season underway, and we'll help uh, help you document it right here on St. Louis Soccer Weekly and the Big 550 KTRS. Coming up later on in the show as well, Moe's will be your uh, picks to click and a new sponsor powering those picks here tonight. Yeah, clicks to pick this week are going to be sponsored by our good friends at Signature Orthopedics and Dr. Christopher Palmer. As many of you know, uh, a year ago I had a knee replacement after uh, many years of soccer and tackles and shots and uh, just got to the point where uh, you know, I have a grandson who's five years old who who absolutely loves going in the backyard and kicking the ball and running around, and it got to the point where uh, the, the knee was causing that much pain that I couldn't do it, and I realized it was time. Went and seen Dr. Palmer at Signature Orthopedics. He really specializes in robotic hip and knee replacements and uses a really minimally invasive technology that helps prevent patients, provides them with relief, from arthritis and joint pain, uh, I can't say enough about how great it was of an experience for me to go down, get the new knee. If you want to learn more about Dr. Chris Palmer and everything that he can do to help you out, go to drpalmerartho.com. That's drpalmerartho.com. Great guy. Uh, if you're having pain, whether it's hips or knees, give him a call and let him help you out. Dr. Christopher Palmer, Signature Orthopedics. Looking forward to that. Moe's coming up later on in the program at St. Louis Soccer Weekly. Brendan Weesey, St. Louis Soccer Hall of Famer Mark Moser. It's the Big 550 KTRS. All right, folks, welcome back. Promise you a chance to hear the very first media gathering of this 2024 season with head coach Bradley Carnell earlier today. Guys, just to give a quick update um, on the status at the moment, I'm sure we've all been having a look at the news and seeing all the chatter online about Nico. So currently I don't have an update for you um, and it would be best to uh, direct any uh, questions uh, to our president uh, and GM Diego Gigliani, uh as well as, uh, you know, Lutz, uh, who's our sporting director, as you all know. So, but I mean, Nico is a great teammate. He's a great player. He's developed excellently well over the last uh, 12 months uh, since acquiring him uh, out of the expansion draft. So, you know, he's a great person and, uh, you know, he's been a great teammate. Thanks, Coach. Uh, we'll we'll uh, open the floor for questions. Uh, first hand I saw was Tom, so go ahead and, and start us off, Tom. Hey there, Brad. Tom, how you doing? I'm doing fine, thank you. Um, so how have the first few days of practice been? I guess it's been more than a few days. And is everybody present who is supposed to be, everyone on the field, training as you thought? Yeah, pretty much uh, as expected. Um, we got We arrived torrential rain tornado warnings so you know as we arrived we had a couple of struggles early on and uh, the fields have dried out significantly and uh, training as normal so yeah it's been intense it's been competitive uh, yeah we have a plan um, and that's to be the, the best version of ourselves here in 2024 so you know always looking at steps to take uh, uh, you know forward developing uh, developing uh, yeah the players the mindsets uh, the mentality uh, kind of leaving 2023 in the dust um, and we're looking forward. And, and merely, 
this is Nico, but not Nico. Is he, he is he there with you right now? Currently, no. Riley, great to see you. Uh, it's been a while. Uh, wanted to ask you, with preseason being a little bit shorter compared to last year, and um, playing four games in 12 days to begin with, uh, does that change anything in terms of preparation? Yeah, I think we're about four or five days, you know. Um, it, it hasn't been too short as what uh, one has expected. Um, you know, we had a, maybe a longer off-season, potentially, you know, how it all was. But, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't believe it's a shorter pre-season, right? So I still think we left with the five-week, five-and-a-half-week, whatever it was, you know. So guys have been working hard prior to that anyways. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be a... Yeah, I think it's a privilege, Santi, right? I think uh, we've earned that right. And uh, yeah, we exceeded expectations. And now we're faced with um, another new, wonderful challenge, which, uh, you know, I wouldn't trade places in the world. So um, we've always pride ourselves on, you know, the collective, you know, the designated team. And uh, this is going to get us off to a wonderful start uh, in our new campaign, uh, some new journeys for us. Yes, we're playing an MLS team in Houston um, and then we've got a very difficult opponent after that so yeah there's a lot to go through to get to there where we want to be um, exactly almost in a month's time um, but yeah uh, there's steps to to go through um, and uh, yeah the objective is not to be ready now tomorrow um, it's the objective is the 20th of February next we'll go over to Tony Husband hi Brian nice to see you happy new year yeah thanks same to you Tony um, you just talked about the end of last season and the dust, that being in the dust now. I wondered with the benefit of hindsight, so I have two questions really to offer the morning in this one, but um, with the benefit of hindsight, what was the big takeaway in the end when you had a chance to reflect on everything you achieved in 2023? And when we talked in last year before the season began you talked a lot about how you'd worked with the lights off and then the lights were coming on um, and it's fair to say I think you surprised a lot of people with how well you you did if not yourselves um is it more of the same identity wise in 2024 where you're a more of a known quantity in this league yeah sure obviously there's uh, ways we look at uh, how we want to develop as a group um how i want to develop as a coach and you know what type of um i wouldn't say you know, culturally, I think we got things spot on last year, you know, the identity and, and how we embraced the community, how the fans supported us. So we checked all the boxes, we produced homegrown. So there's a lot that, you know, you look at a success on a micro scale and then, you know, you have a look at the whole overarching picture. Um, yeah, there were so many positive moments. And uh, yet we sat there at the end of the year after a perfect season, you would say, we still found holes to poke. So, yeah, we're incredibly excited about moving forwards. And uh, yeah. I can only be me, um, you know, I can, yeah, I've always uh, thrived well in, in, in tough situations and, and always enjoyed a challenge. Um, so from that aspect, you know, it doesn't change who I am and, and what I try and do and aspire to be. And I have ambitions uh, as a coach and yeah, I think it's uh, part of a journey, but uh, you know, without the group that we had and without the group that we have now, um, yeah, my journey is secondary, right? So I'm here to serve the team, serve the club, um, yeah, in my best ability possible, and uh, I'm enjoying every minute of it. We got a new face uh, on the availability. Uh, we'll go to Jonathan All, I believe is how you pronounce it. Yes, that is. I'm from St. Louis Public Radio. Hi, Coach. Um, I'm wondering how your new signings are are getting on, and to the extent, to to what extent are they 
are you bringing them in to fit in the system that you already have and to what extent will their talents make you think differently about form and tactic yeah it's a good question i mean listen not all of them have arrived uh we're still waiting for nicholas uh you know we're still waiting for um our draft pick jose kajima um thomas talkland uh arrived after I would feel like an eternity uh, of back and forth, uh, you know, going back many, many months and, and even potentially a year. So, you know, we've, um, you know, the radar has always been on Thomas Totland for a long time now, and we're really happy to acquire him uh, where we feel he's, you know, beneficial. He's both sides of the ball, but um, he's really good going forwards. He has some technical qualities. He's attacking, he's free flowing, you know. Um, I think we have good competition on that comp- uh, in that position right now. Uh, Jake uh, played an ad, you know, a, a respectable role excellently last year. Um, you know, often you know, doubling up as a centre back at uh, Vancouver and then coming to us and then really pushing the buttons in our style of play. So, you know, he's adopted that magnificently and, and was a true role model and a great teammate. Um, so, yeah, Akil Watts is also one who, who can play that position very well. So, where we needed to be, you know, a little bit more deeper is, is you know double up the positions and get stronger uh, depth in our roster so I think everybody who's coming in um, Chris Durkin is, is one of those players as well so Chris comes in he covers a ton of ground he's physical he's combative he's brave um, you know he's a young leader um, from what uh, you know the conversations that I've had with him and, and seeing him on the field um, yeah he's, he's going to be a good fit we'll go back to Tom uh, Brad, with the inner squad's scrimmage tomorrow, what do you what do you look for out of that? A dry field. <laughs> what are your chances of that? Yeah, good. I mean, the the rain stayed away the last two three days now, so yeah, the fields are drying out, and uh, we'll be able to go at it tomorrow. Um, you know, we're just starting to look for principles. We've introduced players to a couple of new, um, yeah, topics. Uh, I would call them uh, that we want to address this year, and um, we'll put it on display. Uh, tomorrow in in a small format against ourselves and and then have a video review go after it and we looking just to get the base now all right we we laid foundations now and and now we're just looking to sort of uh, and not reestablish those after a, an off season but just to get going and hit the ground running so you know often yeah the first things there are we're looking for our identity we're looking for our intensity um, and our application uh, and willingness to work right so putting in the hard work and the effort now will pay the dividends later on in the year next we'll go to Julian Trejo hey coach hope you're doing well um, I just wanted to ask, you know, which academy players did you guys bring up to preseason? And I wanted to know, you know, how are they performing, you know, in comparison to the regular first team players? And if there's any of them that kind of caught your eye a little bit. Yeah, we've got Carson Locker down here with us at the moment. Um, you know, uh, with schooling and everything like that, it's always a challenge. But uh, yeah, we've managed to make it work to get Carson down here. Uh, with us, Carson's a brave kid. Um, he's doing he's doing his job well. He's learning. He's growing. Um, you know, the teammates around him have uh, been helping him along. Um, so yeah, listen, the only way to grow is to go out of your depth and to be thrown into the deep end. So um, he's learning to swim uh, every training session and is uh, 
yeah, he shows a lot of grit and desire uh, to get better. So, yeah, enjoyable with him. He'll head back uh, in a couple of days and will be joined uh, then with us, with Tyson Pierce. Uh, Tyson will join us as well. So, obviously, we've got the regular customers. Caden Love is here with us, obviously. Um, but, yeah, Caden's even taken big steps from when he joined us in last year's preseason. So, we can see a real good pathway. Next, we'll go Thank to Brendan Weasley. Coach, how are you? Very good, Brendan. Appreciate it. Uh, How you just, doing? I'm, I'm great, thank you. Um, just you know, looking uh, looking ahead, having the Champions Cup at the front of the season, is it a more desirable spot on the schedule? Does it make it more advantageous to maybe make a run in lieu of of, of having it like some of the others uh, in the middle of the season? It's a unique situation that I you know none that I've faced before. You know. Um, I think the Red Bulls played Vancouver in the year of 2017 before I arrived, um, which was an MLS opponent. So then they arrived at the same scheduling in their in their preseason. Um, after that, we had you know Dominican Republic and Honduras and what have you. So um, you know usually um, those teams are in their flow already. Um, so there, it's always a you know uh, yeah, it's never easy uh, to play a team. Uh, from Mexico or Honduras or you know Dominican Republic they're in the middle of their leagues and what have you but uh, to face an MLS team who's in a similar boat to us right um, I just think it's about you know yeah what targets we set out to achieve and, and how we want to go about it and uh, yeah to get the next uh, yeah to get through to the next round you know we know it's uh, a Columbus team potentially or no definitely uh, Columbus if we get through to that one um, so yeah, listen, there's great incentive for us, right? So there's the incentive of, of playing really good teams early on. Um, Houston was a tricky customer last year and I uh, thought we managed that pretty well. Um, and then we're not even looking past that round. We're just making sure we focused on the next job and four days later, um, match day one of the regular season. So yeah, it's a congested schedule, but I said earlier, it's a privilege for us and we're ex extremely excited about it. We'll go back to Jonathan. Yeah, so how are you uh, balancing the priorities of MLS and the various cups, and how are you deciding what, where to put the effort and energy and what are the biggest priorities for the team? Yeah, I don't think we're at the liberty yet, uh, Jonathan, to pick and choose. Um, you know, I think we want to make the, the next game the most valuable. So we want to win against Houston. We want to win against RSL. We want to win against Houston again. So, um, you know, we, we have a winning mindset. We're trying to build a winning mindset and winning culture and maintain it as well. So, yeah, every game that we faced, and uh, one thing I'll tell you, we had great reps last year of, you know, rotation of the squad, right? So some, you know, sometimes it can be a negative. Um, sometimes it can be an extreme positive, right? So we got really good, good findings from doing this last year. How it pertains to this year with the current group, you know, with a new group, some new faces, not sure. Uh, we'll have to see how that dynamic goes over the next uh, uh, four or five weeks here. Uh, but our mindset is to win the next game. Next, we'll go to Santiago. Riley, adding to uh, Julian's, Julian's question, are there any players from CD2 with the team? Sorry, I couldn't hear uh, acoustically the, the question. Yeah, so uh, adding to Julian's question, uh, are there any players from CD2 with the team? Um, no, not currently. Um, yeah, Michael Wenzel, sorry. Yeah, Michael Wenzel joined us. Yeah, Michael's trained with us a bunch of times. Um, yeah, so he, he feels very at home with... Uh, with the city team and not just the city two team. So, yeah, um, 
it's an area of opportunity uh, for Michael. Um, he's a really good player. Uh, he fits in really well, um, and he's a hardworking teammate. So yeah, it's been good having him here. We got time for two more with Coach before we head over to Tim. So Tom, we'll go back to you. Brad, does this this camp feel different? Uh, year two, yeah, you were yeah, last year. There was so much teaching and so much everybody getting to know everybody. Does this feel different this year? Um, yes and no. Um, yeah, listen, last year was something new, right? Something new we've never experienced before and as a group. But this year, you know, we're still the designated team. We still believe in the collective. We still, you know, want to want to do things our way and believe in our way, right? So um, I can tell you already, last year we, you know, went on a very um, yeah, overarching scale about the game model, the identity of how it looks like in the whole collective, right? So now within the collective, this preseason we've really taken a granular look at each department, how we can get better. You know, we've looked at uh, uh, best practice videos. We've seen areas of opportunity videos as well. So, you know, we're trying to now within our game model, um, you know, make sure we understand the principles very early on so we can hit the ground running. So, yeah, we've been doing a lot of uh, video work post-training sessions or pre-training sessions. So just uh, solidifying each department, each unit even better. I'll ask another question if no one else is going to. Is How do you feel about your forwards? I feel great. Thank you very much. <laughs> you, you, you potentially, if you, if, you know, if potentially if Nico leaves, you have Sam and Klaus and uh, how does that look? I think it looks great. I think, uh, you know, uh, I think we can show both those strikers together. Um, I remember playing at LA Galaxy uh, with Sam and Klaus, you know, Klaus's first game back or one of the games back after injury. And yeah, I think that combination worked exceptionally well. So, you know, um, I think a striker who scored 10, the other striker who scored 10, the other striker who scored eight, um, I think it's pretty unique um, to have those returns through three strikers um, in a season. So, you know, we're looking to grow. We're looking to further develop. We're looking to get them more goals. We're looking to get into the final third more often. We're looking to create more goal scoring chances. So, yeah, we're looking to do all the above. And uh, right now, I believe in, in the squad that we have. All right, Brendan, we see back with you. Mark Moser joins me. And Mo, some thoughts on what we heard there from the head coach. Obviously, the update on Nico Joachini is not one that is official from the club. But uh, Tom Timmerman did ask, is he with the team? He isn't. Uh, let us do the math. Um, it certainly would lead us to believe that this thing, if if not official, very close to being official. Well, and, and when you reference, uh, speak to Diego Gigliani, uh, that pretty much means yeah. they're working on paperwork and, and getting the final details worked out. Uh, sad to see him go. Was an exciting player that really had a great year. But, uh, you know, I, I think Coach I think you can feel the excitement that they're ready to get back into this. Yeah, I don't think there's I don't think there's any doubt about it. I I was curious. I asked him about uh, Champions Cup and, and sort of the placement on the schedule and and how you treat it. I I I, I do think it's going to give them the opportunity to to dive in and if you have success, if you're advancing and you're a couple of games into the season, you don't have to decide. Uh, or make a decision, well, golly, we only have one loss here. We, we're pouring all of our resources into the MLS regular season. I think it, it'll be so early in the proceedings, I feel like 
and it'll be difficult at times, especially early on. It feels like a lot of rapid-fire matches here to start uh, in the in the Champions Cup, but I think it gives them the opportunity to at least uh, at least dive in and give this a chance to see how far he can go in it. Yeah, I think with the way it's set up being this early at the beginning of the season, it does give them the opportunity to go for it. I think maybe if it would have fallen maybe later in April, even into May to where it started then, then maybe and it probably this probably goes for all the teams. Yeah. At that point you reevaluate, but right now at this point, every team that's in the Champions Cup is going into this with a fresh start. Right. So I, I think that you know you we will see them go after it and then kind of see how things play out at that point. But uh, you know, it's it's an honor. Nobody would have right. ever I mean, there's a lot of first that they didn't expect us to win the West. Nobody expected us to qualify for this. And um, you know, it's it's here and it'll be exciting to see them back uh, you know, get off right away against Houston. Any other thoughts, takeaways uh, from what Bradley had to say? No, I just think at this point it's for him. They clearly have a plan. Um, they're going to go down there and get prepared. And you know, we we've kind of learned with this that we're not, we're not going to get a ton of scoops here. No, uh, but it's. I just think you can tell with him the excitement, and I think this team. The other part of it is yes, they had a great season. They finished first, but I don't think any of them were happy with going out that early against Kansas City. And I think there was some lessons learned there that will help fuel this team going into this year. It's Mark Moser and Brendan Weesey. We'll see if uh, Tom Timmerman has some takeaways uh, as well as we are into this 2024 season for St. Louis City SC, the uh, training camp portion of the season. Tom T. coming up with us next, St. Louis Soccer Weekly on the Big 550. All right, Tom Timmerman with us now. You heard some of Bradley Carnell's comments in our last segment. Tom Timmerman, of course, uh, part of that media gathering, as you heard. Tom Timmerman, the uh, beat reporter for St. Louis City SC at the Post-Dispatch. Of course, his podcast is STL Soccer Talk. He's with us now on the Big 550. Tom, how are you? I am fine. Thank you, Brendan, especially since I just had a a, a broken pipe uh, repair. Oh, no. So that's a... Uh, that was a big step. That was a big event here at the at the Timmerman household. Oh my gosh! So that that's all going on at the same time as as we were talking to to coach. There were there were busted pipes at the Timmerman house. There were there were there were plumbers at work, and uh, and in fact, in the gap between uh, Tim Parker and Roman Berkey was when they finished. So uh, <laughs> uh, that was uh, that was timely there that there was a slight gap there. I was able to. You know, go through everything and uh, get it all taken, get it finalized, and get them on their way. Well, certainly. But enough the, about my plumbing. <laughs> the, the weather has certainly lent itself to that here lately, Tom. And the fellows are down in Port St. Lucie. They're dealing with a much nicer weather, in theory, anyway. I know they had a tornado or two earlier in the week, but uh, we had again, and and folks heard Bradley's comments there in the last segment. And basically, Tom, we're still sitting at a no comment for the most mm-hmm. part when it comes to Nico Joachini. Uh, he did say, and I believe it was your question, Tom, that was, is Nico with the team? And coach responded with a simple, no, he is not. So I, I guess it allows us to do the math that uh, Nico Joachini is indeed on his way out. Uh, it certainly seems that way. I mean, unless he. Uh, the fact that he's not there means that he is, if not currently in 
Como, Italy is on his way to Tacoma, Italy, or on his way back from Como, Italy. I don't, I don't know what, uh, which direction he may be in. But, yes, I mean, it means that he's there for the physical. And, you know, once that gets taken care of, that should be, you know, pretty much the last stop on getting that, uh, the deal finalized uh, from all accounts. And this, is, this is kind of new for us. This is the first transfer of a city player. So we, we haven't gone through this before, is to, you know, seeing a guy who, who was, you know, in camp training with the team and another team comes along and says, we'll offer you, you know, more money. And I'm like, okay, there you go. Off, off, off Nico Giochini goes back to, back to Italy and not too far from where he lived uh, for about four years when he was growing up. And I think for, especially for the casual fans, Tom, this is, it's kind of difficult to wrap your head around, right? Because certainly St. Louis benefits in a large way uh, when it comes to money, possibly, as we've heard reports, maybe up to $4 million they benefit in a move like this. But certainly short term, with the Champions Cup, now just about a month away, it's hard to paint a picture like this is a good thing for the club right this second. It's it's hard to sell your fans on that. Yeah, it is. I mean, especially since you have they they have a month uh, until they play their first game to you know get another forward in place. They're going to want more than just Klaus and Samadeneron, you know, as a forward this season. So they're going to you know want to take the money they get. They would get on a, a Giochini transfer and be able to invest that in getting another player. Now, if it's someone from MLS, then you could you'd have that player, you know, almost immediately. But if you you know go onto the European or other transfer market, get them. It, it, it's more complicated. They would have to get an international spot for a player. They have to go through the work permit process, which we've seen can take up to a month. So. Yeah, so it, you know, if, if they are looking outside uh, of MLS for a player, um, you know, that player is probably not going to be ready at the start of the season. Well, and Tom, the other interesting thing is when you talk about two to four million, and not knowing the big picture of, of how things work with City, but where does that money go? Does it go back into a first team player? Does some of that money get allotted to help build the academy? I mean, it's really an interesting scenario and something that is un-American, I guess, from a sports standpoint. Yeah, yes, it's not from a constitutional uh, perspective, <laughs> but from a sports perspective, yeah, it's, it's nothing like it because, yeah, no, the Cardinals don't lose anyone. You know, you might lose someone to Japan or Korea, but they're out of contract or whatever. But, yeah, no, no one from the Blues suddenly, you know, is, is, playing, in, is playing in Spain. So, yeah. It's it's a thing, and I, I believe that they can take one million dollars of that and convert it to allocation money, which they could then, which in a, in effect extends their salary cap, so they could use that money, you know, for for bringing in a player uh, to help. So they, you know, whether it's paying for a transfer fee uh, or something like that, you know, that money can go towards that, towards bringing uh, a player in, but. Um, yeah, but it's a it's a different scenario than what we're used to in any other American sport. Well, it, it it's just so fascinating the the tactics of it from a general manager standpoint, from a coaching standpoint, to know that you know at certain times a team could come in and make you an offer that you can't refuse, yet you have to give up one of your best players. 
Yeah, I, I talked to uh, Carnell about a week before camp began, and I said, you know, are, are you done? Are you guys, you know, are you still looking to sign anybody? And he said, well, we're done except for the unexpected. So unless somebody comes in and makes an offer and we lose a player on a transfer, you know, yeah, if nobody does that, we're set. But if somebody does that, then we're going to have to go back on the market. Um, and so, yeah, they're going to be, uh, they're going to be back, and it's going to be tough. You know, with only two forwards right now on the roster, I guess Caden Glover is, is technically a forward, but I don't envision we would see him this early. But when you have those four games in two weeks to start, you know you can you can rotate your midfielders and defenders, but if you only have two forwards, that's going to be tough. So uh, yeah, so this, I mean, you know, they had to be thinking about it. I mean, you know, Luke Fansfield has been around the block and knows that these things could happen. You know, okay, who's going to be the forward out there that they're going to pursue? And now they have to quick jump on that. Well, and it makes it interesting going into the start of the season. If you do go in with just those two, now does that change things where maybe you would have gone with Sam and Klaus up top now, does it change that, that they have to change their thoughts on maybe they go with just Klaus up top to start, bring Sam in maybe later in the game? I mean, it, it, this really kind of throws a kink in the uh, armor here that they have to look at this big picture. Yeah, you had a case where you so you do Klaus 90 minutes in the first uh, Champions Cup game and Giochini 60 and Adeneron 30. And then when you come back in the league, you know, in the first in the league opener, you know, you, you can arrange those minutes and and give a dinner on sixty or eighty, and you pull Klaus back to thirty. You know, you could you could have more room to maneuver. I mean, they they have midfielders, they have attacking midfielders that they can play around with and put into that role in some ways. That does a a Nuppy Thorson, uh, you know, move up top in that kind of situation. So they have some options, but as for guys who are outright and experienced MLS strikers, they're going to lose, barring him not passing his physical or something like that, they're going to lose one of one of three. So, yeah, that's, that's a, a problem that needs to be addressed uh, pretty immediately. We're visiting with Tom Timmerman, cover city for the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. As we pivot away from the Joe Keeney situation, Tom, and again, you'll be down at camp next week covering it for the Post-Dispatch. Of course, uh, I'm sure reaction on your podcast, STL Soccer Talk, as well. But uh, just sort of glazing over the, the guys and who who's actually down at camp right now, it does sound like the majority of this roster is in place, of course, minus Joe Keeney, and minus some of the new roster additions that have been made over the last few weeks or so. Right. Uh, Nicholas Dewar, uh, the, the new uh, uh, left-back acquisition, still going through the paperwork process. Uh, Jose Kojima, the draft pick, still going through that process. Uh, Rasmus Alm, who's over, coming off of surgery, is there but not practicing. So... Uh, other than that, they have the, the full group, which is pretty good. And Thomas Tutland, the right back, who, because he's an American citizen, didn't have to go through the work permit process. So he's there, and that's the big thing because uh, he's a guy who I think they're hoping for big things. Carnell talked about that 
uh, on your session with us about what they think they could get out of Toddlin at the right back, which is an interesting position because they have experience there in Jake Nowinski, and they had youth there in Akeel Watts, and now they're looking at uh, a, a third guy there as well who, you know, they, they like the way he gets forward in the attack, and uh, that's something, you know, where I think they think Totland could be a, a big contributor to this team. Tom, do you, going into this year and with what we saw last year, Roman Berkey and goal, what are your thoughts and expectations as far as how many games we think we'll see him this season? You know, I, I would have thought that after last season, the lesson would be learned that he played 33 last year, and by the end of the year, he was, you know, he admitted that he, you know, it was, it was tough on him. But he also sounds like a, a guy that wants to be out there in every game and doesn't want to, you know, take games off. So, yeah, I think you may well, you know, see him for 30 or more games, you know, a lot of it may depend on how long the League Cup, you know, runs uh, for them, the Champions Cup, um, rather than the League Cup, but the Champions Cup. Because if they're starting, if they get out of the first round of that, then I think, you know, and then you're playing Columbus in the second round, and it becomes a lot more serious at that point. With every round, it gets way more serious. But at that point, you know, you're going to play them on those games, and then, yeah, then does does Ben Lunt get a weekend game when you have those midweek uh, Champions Cup games? So a lot of it's going to depend uh, on that, as to how much time, how much off time they can find uh, for Berkey. But it, it sounds like he's all set to, to play, you know, 33 again. How about a player like Silio Pompeo? Uh, do you see him being able to get more time this year and work himself into the lineup a little bit? Yeah, and, you know, he's a guy that, especially in this early stage where they figure to have one less forward, he's a guy, uh, I think, uh, Carnell thinks very much that this could be a big year for Thomas Ostrak. So I, and I think those two guys, you know, there are going to be those jokey minutes have to go somewhere, and Pompeo can play up top, uh, Ostrak can attack. So those are guys that also are going to benefit uh, from this in the short term. And Pompeo made a strong case for himself at the end of the season. Yeah. He was playing as well over there, you know, the playoffs in the last few regular season games. He was making a big impact. So I, I think, you know, the chance is there for him. Ostrak was up and down. It was, you know, had his moments, and it showed he could, you know, be excellent in some places, and then he would kind of disappear in others. So we're going to have to see how that goes. But those are two guys who this is their chance for a breakout season you know they're young guys and they're waiting for him to grow the second year is the time to do it you know Isaac Jensen maybe is the guy who in the third season you could see coming of age but I think for both Pompeo and Ostrak this is a year where they have to you know make a big step forward. Tom as we wind down we did hear from uh, Tim Parker and and Roman Berkey today as well, as you mentioned didn't didn't hear from them here uh, on our broadcast but uh, on at the very end of Tim's gathering today, he mentioned something about just maybe appearances, shape, uh, strategy. Things could maybe look differently in some realms 
for this club this season. I, and I'm curious, how much do you think a Tiger can change its stripes here, Tom? Because um, a, a lot of what they implemented last year, uh, how much do you tinker? How much will they want to tinker? And is that something you think you can kind of spot as they, um, as you get a chance to see some of training next week? Yeah, I mean, the, the big test might be when they're in the preseason game they have next week against Nashville, the first time they play a, another team. Uh, that could be indicative. You know, they're still going to be the high-pressing team that they are now. And they may change some components of it on you know, keys for when they attack. You know, both Dior and Todlin are outside backs who can attack. Do they? You know, last year they always they would go with one stay-at-home outside back, one attacking outside back. Could they go with two guys who could move into the attack this year? Is that something if they feel these guys with more experience would know when to do it, as opposed to doing it with Anthony Marcanic or you know Akil Watt, and so they could balance that more and um, you know be able to attack on either side. Uh, that's something that maybe they could be looking into doing with these acquisitions that they got. Tom, STL Soccer Talk uh, up and running right now? We did. We, we had, well, The first of the new season is uh, in the can and on the website and uh, uh, talk about uh, you know, the, the preseason and uh, you know, what, what they were looking forward to uh, in this camp and the new faces and what they may provide. We look forward to that on the STL Soccer Talk podcast, and uh, hopefully have a chance to check in with you, check in with you next week from Florida. Safe travels, and uh, we'll look forward to talking then. I'm looking forward to uh, not being 16 degrees. <laughs> Enjoy that, sir. That's Todd Timmerman. We've got some picks to click to round out the show next. All right, tying a bow around this uh, January 19th edition of St. Louis Soccer. January 19th. I don't think we started the show this early last year, Mose. No. I, I mean, it's just – and I can't believe it. It's just – January I mean, we, we is already carried, Right. By. I mean, we've carried it over. The show is uh, is is 365, folks, or uh, – it is uh, it is year round here, and um, of course we've expanded our soccer coverage over the last year, and now we're uh, in the throes of the second preseason for St. Louis City SC. But well, we've got some soccer to look at for the weekend, Mose, and that's where your picks to click come in. Yes, indeed, and they're sponsored this week by Dr. Christopher Palmer down at Signature Orthopedics. If you are in need of a hip or knee replacement. See Dr. Christopher Palmer. Go to drpalmerortho.com. My clicks to pick this week, 6.30 Saturday morning, the USA Network, Arsenal versus Crystal Palace. Then on Sunday morning, 8.30, ESPN Plus, we'll head over to the Bundesliga, Bayern Munich and Werder Bremen. And then last but not least, Sunday afternoon, La Liga, 2 p.m. ESPN Plus, number one in the La Liga, Girona versus Sevilla. If you haven't had a chance to watch much La Liga and watch the story of this tiny team, Girona, which now sits atop La Liga over Real Madrid, it's, it's pretty amazing with what they have done. And it also has implications in the Champions League because... The owners of Girona are 
the same owners of Manchester City. So there is a scenario where Girona could win the La Liga, finish higher. There's some mathematical where they could get the chance to go on into the Champions League and not Manchester City. Wow. There's already talk of some changes in the rulings. Collusion. Collusion. But, and it's almost something they have to do because these groups are owning so many clubs yeah, no around question. it. They have to, to do that. But that is our clicks to pick this week presented by Dr. Christopher Palmer at Signature Orthopedics. You having knee problems, having hip problems, take a look. DrPalmerOrtho.com. He does the minimally invasive technology that with the robotic surgery, hips and knees. I had a year ago a robotic knee replacement, and I, I'm, I can't tell you how wonderful it is to not have knee pain anymore, to be able to get out in the backyard and run around with my grandson. Dr. Pa- Christopher Palmer, drpalmerartho.com. Moose, enjoy the weekend. You too. Stay warm. Tomorrow night, St. Louis Ambush, 6.05 out at the Family Arena. They're going to play the Baltimore Blast, a game they played two weeks ago in Baltimore. They went to overtime. They wound up losing a tough one in overtime, so they're going to try and uh, revenge that loss at home out at the Family Arena. Maybe we'll check in with the Bushwhackers uh, there next week. Yes, indeed. That's uh, Mark Moser. I'm Brendan Weesey saying so long for now. I'll be back with you after the the top-of-the-hour news, our Mizzou game plan here on the Big 550.